the goalies do the handshake down the chute and then run into the cage. Oh yeah. I, I run down, do a little bottle flip into the net, see if I can land it up uh, flat. I've yet to get that. So one, the day I land it, I think it's going to be a pretty good day for me. So we'll see. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie. And on this show, my job's really simple. It's track down the best goalies in our sport, interview them, find out what makes them so great. What are some of the mindsets that they have? What are some of the drills that they do? What are some of the ways they think about certain things that have made them so great in their career? My guest on the show this week is a starting goalie for the Dartmouth Big Green, Danny Hinks. Danny joins the show to talk about his progression in the cage and how he goes about being a tall goalie, six foot five. So any tall goalies out there listening will get a lot out of this show. Danny had a phenomenal season with the Dartmouth Big Green this year, and you're going to enjoy this conversation with the senior Danny Hinks. Before we begin this episode, I want to let you know about a really cool opportunity that I put on that I'm giving to you guys for free. It's a virtual coaching session that you can get access to. The technique is called the hop, and you're seeing a lot of goalies, including top NCAA and pro goalies, use this technique to get better balance, to make more saves, to be quicker, to have faster reaction time. I learned the technique from John Galloway, and I just put on a virtual coaching session teaching it all, giving, giving you everything that you need to know about this technique. I got a lot of high-def videos that go into, into depth on how to do it, what the benefits are. So check it out, laxgoalyrat.com slash hop laxgoalyrat.com slash hop. You can get signed up and get a replay of the live free coaching event. Once again, that's laxgoalyrat.com slash hop. Enjoy the show. Uh, it is a pleasure to welcome to the show Danny Hinks, starting goalie from Dartmouth right now. Doing really well. Balling it up. Danny, welcome to the show. Appreciate it, coach. Yeah. This is going to be tons of fun. I, lo- I love chatting lacrosse goalie. Best hour of my day is when I can chat goalie for an hour but uh before we um get going i would love to hear the story of your first save or your first time you jumped into goal do you remember that yeah i mean back in probably sixth grade i hated wearing elbow pads they're all clunky and and uh i had these big ones so i i shed them and hopped in net um i had two older brothers who were attackmen so they always like to shoot on me too so um hopped in net found a little bit of success not too much probably got shredded a little bit but uh yeah I, I started to love the position from a young age kind of the leadership and um exhilaration you feel in, in the cage yeah it's interesting yeah i i um you're one of the older 
older sibling needs someone to shoot on type type of goalies, huh? Got it. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so it's so uh, it's so common with the older brother, like throw throw the younger kid in goal. I'm like, hey, I need somebody to shoot on. Um, and I bet you had some pretty epic battles with them, huh? In the backyard, like where where'd you guys grow up, and and how did you you know how'd you go about kind of learning this position? Absolutely, yeah. I so I grew up um, just outside of Boston. Um, played for the Top Gun Fighting Clams. Went to Belmont Hill School. Um, and I know you had Josh Carson on the podcast last week, and he talked about kind of the clams and how they can they do a good job of kind of making goalies. They got these coaches who played in college and really get the position and, and teach it really well. So from a young age, I had access to great coaches um, who taught the game well, kind of catered it to individual skill sets like mine, and, and uh, it kind of went from there. Such an important thing to, to be a lacrosse goalie coach is what you just said there, cater it to individual skill sets. Cause you know, like, I mean, you're a big dude, right? And the way that you teach the position, some things that big dudes, big goalies can do are, are different than what small goalies can do. Right. And so you really got to tailor it uh, to each kid. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. I, I think there's uh it's definitely an advantage if you use it the right way. Um, yeah especially in tight, there's certain things you can do with your body that smaller guys may not necessarily be able to do. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, teaching that to other big goalies, tall goalies is, is something I enjoy doing. Um, and yeah, definitely personalized. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, the fighting clams. That's a great name. Yep. <laughs> little mini, little mini goalie school, uh, uh, pumping, pumping out collegiate goalies left and right. I love it. I love it. What was it about the position? Do you think that that attracted you so much or what, what's your favorite part about being a lacrosse goalie? I would say, um, you know, it's a blessing and a curse to, to have all the pressure on you in, in big moments, but when you make a, a doorstep save in the middle of the game, the fans are going crazy. Your, your teammates are going crazy. Um, it's really an exhilarating feeling and you feel kind of invincible for a moment in time. And then when the next goal goes over your shoulder, you're back down to earth. But that, that <laughs> feeling in the case, um, you know, kind of having people depend on you and being able to back that up with some saves and good play is, is uh, priceless. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I'm somebody that likes the spotlight. Um, yep. And you, you better if you're a goalie, cause you got the spotlight on you. And when you can, with that spotlight on you, make those doorstop saves or have a great game or even just make like a save at the end of the game. Doesn't even matter. Like you can be getting scored on all game, but you make that save at the end of the game, the one that wins it. Oh man. Is there a better feeling than that? Come on. I haven't, I haven't found one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, have you had walk-off saves? I think you have. Yeah. Um, this year against Vermont, I guess you could call it a save. There was a bouncer kind of trickling wide. I grabbed it um, with about 20 seconds left and we, and we uh, ran the clock down. So. Nice. We'll count that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm counting it. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So you mentioned being, or maybe I mentioned it being a, a taller goalie. I'm, I'm curious, you know, if you um, had to describe your style of goalie play, like how do you, how do you, what comes to mind? Yeah, I'd say it's changed um, during my time in college. I used to be super aggressive, pretty high arc um, and try to cut those angles down. Um but I ran into some trouble when teams would move the ball side to side really well. And I'd find myself out of position. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say 
I've, I've kind of moved my arc back a little bit, gotten a little flatter, try to take up more cage. But I think the main part of my game, which I pride myself on, is being able to get down to low shots. Um, when you see a tall goalie, usually you'd, you'd think, hey, let's shoot low. He's not going to be able to get down to it. But um, I think I'd do a pretty good job of, of kind of covering each corner of the cage and kind of making you beat me instead of just putting one in the low corner um, and, and having that go. So, yeah. The website has you listed at six foot five. Is, are you are you padding it by an inch there? Or is that a, is that a real th- is that a real height? I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I've made him in padding year, but I did, I did. I, I I'm five eight, so I I think I think the program had me at five ten. So, <laughs> I know. All right, so so big dude, but but yeah, you're right. Like a lot of times, you see a goalie that's that big, and the first thought is what we can beat that guy low. Um, and yep. that's cool to hear that you know you sort of pride yourself on on that is it when we talk about the technique of you making low saves uh are you do you drop to the knees and kind of get the body behind it or how do you how do you attack the low shots yeah i try to get as much of my body behind the ball as i can so whether Mm -hmm. that's going down on your knees going into like a mini split um or or any of those type of things um I, i think being a big goalie allows you to get your body behind the ball better than um maybe a small goalie would be able to do so yeah, I mean, I think that the lead step, you know, drive step, um, kind of what we were taught as kids, that first step and bring the second step has faded away a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and kind, of, kind of get your whole body behind the ball, you know, however you can is is uh, kind of what I subscribe to. Yeah. Did you ever hear like some some talk from, I don't know, parents or other players, like being that big and being a goalie. Did you ever hear any, like, what, what's that kid doing playing goalie? Why isn't he playing defense? Yeah, I've heard it. I, I, I hit a pretty big growth spurt um, my sophomore year in high school. I was kind of just a chubby, average height kid. Couldn't run too great. Had some decent hands, but um, hit a growth spurt and then uh, kind of changed my whole game. It just allowed me to move a little better, cover more cage. And, um, yeah. So never, never once thought about going to defense. No, I, would, <laughs> I, would blown right I don't have the lateral quickness for that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But did you play other sports besides lacrosse growing up? Yep. I played hockey my whole life, um, wow. till senior year of high school. So I, I, uh, I like to think I'm a little bit more of an athlete than just your average goalie, but, um, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Hockey to me is like, if I had to say of, of like, what are the best sports for lacrosse goalies to play outside of lacrosse hockey's right up there. Um, because like, you know, you think about like the, the, the physicalness of skating, it's like exactly like, you know, you're using your hips, you're using those, those, those glutes, right. It's like a lot of the same muscles and then not to mention all the, all the hand-eye coordination with the stick. So like, to me, that's a perfect fit. Absolutely. Uh, I think any sport that kind of incorporates hand-eye coordination, especially, you know, hockey and football and all that stuff translates over. Um, Yeah, you can, it's true. You could, you could pick out skills from each sport, but, but yeah, hockey is like, is right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Were you a goalie in hockey? No, you played, played the field or the, the ice. (laughs) Yeah. I played forward, um, tried tried to score some goals. I hopped in net and goalie uh, in hockey one time and, and was over my head couldn't couldn't do it yeah it's so different i mean it's more like box goal like box goalie and ice hockey goalie are like 
pretty similar in that, like, you know, you're just, you're just, it's all about angles and, and little, little movements to get in the way, as opposed to sort of lacrosse goal is we use our stick to catch the ball and then get our body behind it, you know, yeah. to, to, as like a backup, but really, you know, if, if there's a shot to your, to your shoulder, you're not ideally, you're not, you're not, you're not just poking the shoulder out, but Hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to make it safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. Love it. Um, so when did, uh, you know, how did your college recruiting process go and kind of, when did you, you know, think about playing lacrosse at, at the D one level? Yeah, I had, I had a pretty, uh, unique, um, recruiting story. I was, um, I didn't make the varsity team in my high school till sophomore year. Um, cause there were two really great goalies who were seniors my freshman year. So that kind of delayed my process a little bit. Um, and so it, it came my sophomore summer before the rule change. I was playing down at a big four triple H tournament. Um, and it's funny, I don't think there were any coaches on the sideline for this tournament, at least this game. And we played FCA and we, we had the best game, you know, the clams my team ever had. And we, had, we ended up taking down FCA. And there was a mom on the sideline of a Dartmouth commit um, on team FCA and, and said, Oh, that goalie for the clams is pretty good. And my dad happened to be standing right next to her. And he said, Oh, well, thank you. That's my son. Um, and she asked where I was committed and he said nowhere. And she said, Oh, well, well, I'll send the Dartmouth coach a text. This kid, this kid looks pretty good. And, and they need a goalie in the 2018 class. And he said, Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, my mom actually went to Dartmouth. She was up here at the time, um, for her reunion and went up to the, the coach's tent where they're all kind of fundraising and stuff, introduced herself and, and coach Callahan said, yeah, that's funny. I actually just got a text about your son from uh, one of the recruits parents. And she laughed, obviously thinking kind of it was a joke, um, but it was true. And, and the next week I went up to the prospect camp, played well um, and got an offer pretty much the next day. So I went from having zero traction to, being committed in about a week um, through this kind of crazy circumstance. Um, wow. That's a cool story. And that's just yeah. awesome. Awesome to, uh, to hear it could happen so fast. So like a lot of goalies start panicking when they don't get those offers, but know that like, Hey, sometimes the universe just aligns and, and yep. there's a, there's a Dartmouth mom on the sideline watching you, watching you make a lot of saves. And uh, that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. So, so then given that, given that story, I mean, I, there was no other schools in question. It was like, like I'm going to Dartmouth. Yeah. I, uh, I had no other offers at the time. My, my older brother played at Williams college. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was kind of thinking that I was going to go along that NESCAC route, um, because it was getting late at that time. Um, but obviously spot opened up at Dartmouth. I got some other interest after I was committed, but I had no interest in, in flipping. I was, I was happy with where I'm going and I'm, I'm happy I stuck it out. Yeah. Um, but at the time it was just Dartmouth. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, the Ivy leagues are hard to get into. Uh, I mean, yeah. they're, com they're competitive, right? I, I don't know what the acceptance rate is, but it's not high. <laughs> and, um, did you, now, do you have to get in on your own merits or are you working your butt off in school or, or, uh, to, to, to get in on your own merits or, or did lacrosse help? Yeah, it's, it's a combination of lacrosse and, uh, and your academics. There's, there's some sort of, uh, kind of baseline I think you have to be above and then your recruiting class averages out to some 
score. I don't know how it's calculated, but it's a combination of your SATs and your grades. And so if you have some really smart kid in your recruiting class, you can take a kid who maybe has a lower GPA. So it's all averaged out in that sense. Oh, um, interesting. I didn't know that. So, so they, yeah. they look at the entire recruiting class and say, this recruiting class needs to have, I don't know, 3.8 GPA average. Yeah. And so if you got someone with the 4.0, you could have a 3.7 or 3.5 and, and get in or whatever. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, that's it's awesome. All updates in the Ivy League now, were you, were you pulling the group up or were you pulling the group down? I think it was right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle? All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. No, I just, I, um, I want to emphasize the importance of the classroom because well, I don't think, I don't think we talk about it enough, but like, Hey, if you're going to go to some, a lot of these schools, like you got to have, you got to work your butt off in the classroom. And it sounds like, it sounds like, uh, you did that as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's a big component of recruiting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you study at Dartmouth? Just curious. So I'm a, I'm a government modified major. Um, it's, it's technically called politics, philosophy, and economics. It's kind of a hybrid type thing. I started off just as econ and kind of wanted a little bit more, a um, little bit different. And uh, I kind of finally decided on this major. That's interesting. I don't know if I've heard, it's not, not that common at other schools, right? Uh, like that combination. Yeah, it's, it's a new major and uh, it's, gotten, it's gotten pretty, uh, pretty hot at Dartmouth. So yeah. People like it. Yeah. Well, cool. So you, you get to Dartmouth. Um, you know, I guess you, before that, you, you mentioned getting some coaching with the clams. Um, you know, what else, where else did you get coaching or, or were there, were there, you know, at that point, college goalies or pro goalies that you kind of uh, watch play and learn from? Yeah. I, uh, I think the summer going into my senior year of high school, I went down to a net nation camp um, yeah. and met, Drew Adams, Brian Doherty, all those guys. And it was probably you know, no more than 40 goalies at the camp. And there were 15 to 20 college goalies and, and pro goalies. So it was awesome kind of getting to know these guys. I, I, uh, I formed a little bit of a relationship with Drew Adams. So he, I would say he's kind of a mentor to me. I texted him mm -hmm. a little bit. He was an awesome guy, you know, more than willing to help um, in my recruiting process. And I really appreciated that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tons of goalies, John Galloway, you know, Jack Kelly, a lot of goalies just that I've watched and, and really looked up to. Yeah. I've had all those guys on the podcast. And the, the cool part is like they're just such good dudes, uh, in addition to being great goalies, you know, like like you said, Drew had Drew Adams on. Um, Jack Kelly's awesome. I don't know if you, you ever if you ever get a chance to speak with him, definitely do it. He's 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 such a cool dude. So, all right. Uh, well, cool. So then you get to Dartmouth and you mentioned, you had mentioned at that point, your lacrosse goalie game changed. Like I, I, I use, I used to do a little bit of a, maybe a mid arc come out a little bit now, like this game's so fast. Um, I'm, I'm going to play back on the arc. Is that like, how did that go down? How, how did you, how did that evolve? Yeah. So the head coach here at Dartmouth, coach Callahan was a goalie um, at Stony Brook and he's, probably it was probably 15 20 years ago he really knows his stuff um and kind of his usual prototype of recruiting goalies is is a smaller guy so he was he was interested to to have a project in me a big guy who's kind of raw and um but yeah i mean he taught me a lot about positioning in the net and and kind of how to cut down angles when to cut down angles um and i would come in in the fall my freshman year and just be feet on the top of the crease when a kid would be coming up the hash and, and he uh 
he was quick to cut that down and, and tell me to stay a little bit back in the cage. But yeah, he, he lets me play, you know, my sort of style um, combined with what he sees, you know, best fit for me. So yeah, that was process. Yeah, I love it. What does your um, goalie training regiment look like? Are you, is there a lot of shots? Are there specific drills that you like to do? Yeah, um, definitely seeing shots every day in season, um, you know, with the exception of Sunday. Um, and then I, we do a lot of hand speed, foot speed, and, and positioning. You know, you cover all the, all the big things there. But um, we have – the goalies here usually have about a 20-minute segment in practice every day to, to cover whatever we need as a group. Um, and, and whether that's, you know, uh, hand speed, ball toss, uh, positioning in the net, or, or kind of hitting the ladders, whatever we need that day is what we'll get done. So it's, it's a good combination of, of many things. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Any, uh, unconventional things that you do that, that, that you'd say have had a, a, a really positive impact on your goalie game. Yeah. I, uh, in high school, I had a cage in my backyard and I would go out and I would actually shoot all the time. I, I really love shooting lax balls on the cage. And I started to, I think I started to think like a shooter a little bit. Um, mm. and I think that's helped me read shooters and, and kind of understand situations and, as the lax, the uh, goalie Smith guys go out, read them and beat them. Mm-hmm. I think um, shooting not only kind of developed how I control the stick and my hands, but but thinking how the shooter thinks, which is huge as a goalie, in my opinion. Yeah, and just kind of knowing like when they're at specific spots on the field, like what is an easier shot, or you know what the goalie's given. Yeah, I got a goal in my backyard. I. Uh, I ripped some corners, uh, Danny. I'm not gonna lie. I, I've been known to I've been known to tear some corners apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever scored a goal uh, as a goalie? I am not outdoor. We we had uh, we had in high school we would play in hockey rinks with turf on them, and I, I scored a little bit in there, but I'm not gonna count that. <laughs> All right, we still what? I never scored either, so we got we got zero game goals uh, in, in between us here. <laughs> um, Cool. So I imagine your, uh, well, actually your freshman year, you started getting the starts. Yeah. Like right away. Yep. My, uh, first game freshman year, we had a a really good goalie. who was a junior. Um, and I came in not really kind of expecting too much. Um, and the day before our first game, my freshman year, the coach announced that I'd be starting and I was kind of like, Whoa, got ready for it. And, uh, it was funny. The first game at BU, I'm from Boston, as I mentioned before. I had all my family there. Five seconds into the game, they go fast break off the face off, hit the pipe goal. <laughs> this is gonna be a big, long career. <laughs> and, uh, of course, of course they do, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was it was uh, an eye opening experience to start my career. But, yeah, um, that is interesting. So I was gonna ask you a question about being a backup, but it sounds like you haven't had that experience at Dartmouth, but maybe at high school you did. Um, it's often a, a tricky situation for goalies. There's only one of us that plays, right? And so how do you remain positive while you're not, you know, you're not getting the starts or not even like maybe the reps with the, with the ones? Yeah. In my experience um, as a goalie, my teammates and I have always had great relationships in my opinion. Um, yeah. Pretty, I think goalies in general understand that only one guy is going to play and that, you know, you got to do what's best for the team. And 
working working your butt off if you're the backup is what is best for the team and pushing the guy in front of you is what is best for the team. So a competitive environment is always a good thing um, as long as you kind of handle it the right way, I think. Um, but yeah, pushing the guy in front of you, pushing the guy behind you, kind of having this, like, you know, you could say symbiotic relationship uh, in, in the goalie room is, is a great thing. Yeah. Oh, I a hundred percent agree with that. I was, I was uh, uh, talking with Josh uh, Kirsten, who, who, you know, um, and he said, yeah, the times where I wasn't being pushed by the backup, you know, like maybe you have one, one backup on your team and you're like miles ahead of him. So there's not a lot of competition there. And those scenarios actually didn't play as well. Cause you yeah. don't have that, you know, that backup kind of nipping at your heels, like pushing you to get better. And so, yeah. And that's, that's what I found as well. Like most goalie rooms or goalie squads, like, you know, it's, it's, it's there's competition there, but at the end of the day, like you're all rooting for each other. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You guys got two other goalies. Uh, like how many goalies do you have on your team right now? Yeah, we got three keepers. Um, we got a freshman and a sophomore uh, and me. So, yeah. And you are a junior. I'm a senior. Senior with, with, yeah, but I guess with the, with the COVID, but the um, Ivy leagues can't play grat, uh, Grad students in the Ivy League can't play, yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a very complicated thing. Um, you can there are ways to kind of extend your graduation, um, you know, without getting any graduate degree, and, and some people choose yeah. to do. That. Um, you think you're going to do that, or or is this the last year? I'm uh, I'm in the the graduate transfer portal. I'm just kind of finally making my decision in, in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, good luck with that. I was hoping we could announce something uh, an exclusive on the Lax Coley Rap podcast, but maybe maybe we'll wait for that. <laughs> I'll let you know when I make my decision. All right. All right. Well, good luck to you. Good luck to you. It's an interesting thing when you go into the to the portal uh, because I mean it's essentially like the recruiting process all over again, right? Yeah. It was. Uh, it was. As I mentioned, I didn't have you know all this attention in my initial recruiting process, so you know going through this. You know, the second time as I've kind of established myself a little bit as a goalie mm -hmm. um, was was fun to see. Um, got a lot of uh, cool calls, got to talk to a lot of coaches I really uh, respect. Um, and it's been a great experience. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, switching gears a little bit about uh, the mental game, the mental game, right? Like it's so important for lacrosse goalies to be mentally tough when when you know, when I say mental toughness, like what, what comes to mind for you and how do you go about like, like building up your mental game or exercises you do things that come to mind? Um, yeah. I mean, I think that every goalie obviously wants to be confident in the net. Right. Um, but it's easier said than done. You know, when you're playing a really good game, everything's firing. It feels like nothing's going to go in the net. Um, you know, but on the other hand, sometimes it feels like, you know, no matter what puts, what gets put on cage, it's, it's a battle to save everything. So I, I think kind of not, not getting too high or not getting too low. It's, it's kind of a cliche, but um, kind of staying the course and net um, resetting yourself after a goal, you know, maybe letting the adrenaline go a little bit after a save to keep that going. Um, you know, is a big part, but I wouldn't say I do any specific, you know, mental exercises other than trying to stay relaxed, you know, in cage. Mm -hmm. How do you, reset yourself after a goal ball goes over your shoulder uh you know 
you know it's a goal. You hear that. You hear the 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 other team cheering. You know, it's it's an intense moment for lacrosse goalies. How do you go about resetting yourself? Is there some sort of routine that you do? Yeah, I mean, it's all about the team. Um, we we do the the huddle like like every other team does, and we kind of break down what happened. So from a defensive standpoint, that's that's how I reset. And um, you know, from a goalie shot seeing seeing perspective, sometimes I'll kind of redo that motion that I just missed, you know, right after the ball goes and, and they're kind of starting to face off or, you know, just take a sip of water, take a walk around the cage and uh, just get right back into it. That's awesome. Someone, uh, I just had someone on the podcast and they said that, that they'll do that motion. Like, so, so if, if you let in an off stick high, off stick high goal, right. Then you, you make that save motion, right. And get right back into it. And it reminded me, like, I played a lot of tennis, I see a lot of tennis players do that. where like, they'll hit, you'll hit a forehand into the net and then they'll be like, just do the motion again to build that muscle memory back up. I love that. Yeah. Love that. What, what would be an example of something you'd say in the huddle in that little defensive huddle? Um, you know, we have, um, kind of different roles, I would say on our defense. Um, there's some motivators, you know, some, um, kind of guys who keep the team on course. And, and I would say I'm, I'm one of the, the guys who kind of keeps the conversations relaxed and kind of trying to find, um, you know, a path forward without, you know, yelling at each other. So, you know, sometimes it'll be, Hey, we need a roll from the pipe there. We need to snap out from the crease. We need the two slide, whatever that may be, just trying to communicate that, um, you know, in a sense that's, um, you know, constructive instead of, emotionally charged especially mm -hmm. when you have younger guys on your team i think is uh very useful yeah love that love that concept of different roles because yeah i mean sometimes it is very technical like we need to get the slide earlier on 22 we need to do this we need to do that other times the message is like guys let's go come on like let's pick it up who, who is that who is the guy on your team who delivers that message i would say our captain uh, peter Rizzotti. He's, he's a defenseman. He's a, he likes to play the bad cop. He brings a lot of energy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say we combo or uh, we complement each other pretty well on, on the field in that sense, but he, he's yeah. a great team, great leader. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Danny, if you had to go back and give the high school, you uh, some goalie advice, what, uh, what would that be? Ah, uh, wow. I mean, I, I would say, aside from kind of the specific things that I've changed about my game to just keep loving the position, um, stay the course. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I've liked my process the way it's gone to, to be you know, frank with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny question. I haven't really thought too much about. All right. Give but us yeah, some, give us some thought been, tonight. There have been some <laughs> high flows, uh, in, in my college career, that's for sure. So, you know, coming in freshman year, um, you know, being two and 11 on a team that, that battled, um, but, but didn't see too much success was definitely a struggle for me. Um, but yeah, in that sense, I would probably tell myself, you know, keep with it, um, keep grinding and, uh, we'll come out the other side a lot better. So, yeah, love it. Um, the, 2020 season was canceled, obviously COVID, right? It, it uh, threw a wrench in everyone's life, but especially, you know, as a, as a, as a college athlete, when the time is so 
limited, right? You only get four years or may, maybe five, but like you, it's a very small time and like, boom, one of those is gone. What, what was that like for you? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. I mean, so we actually had, so I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. My sophomore year was the season that we, we had started and weren't able to finish. So we mm -hmm. started off three and one. Um, we were kind of changing the program around a little bit. We had eclipsed our season high of wins from last year in four games. So we were off to a hot start. Um, and we're heading down to, I think, UNC the, the week that uh, COVID canceled everything. And so that season was crazy. You know, the whole, all of college lacrosse wasn't able to play. That was, that was a, a, a downtime. And then the next year we, just the Ivy league was, was uh, not able to play. So that was a little bit more of a, a kind of a dagger. Um, Cause I was watching, you know, my high school, I was watching high schools in the area play. And I was thinking, why can't we just, why can't we just get out there? It's, it's not too right. complicated. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, I think the media has, has been keen on noticing how the Ivy leagues have come back this year. There's a lot of hunger, um, a lot of desire to be back out on the field, which I think is translated into wins, but yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a really down time. We, we had to find, uh, kind of other things to do other than compete, you know, find that competitive outlet and other things, which was, um, which was tough to do. Yeah. I imagine. I imagine, uh, totally agree about, about your media comment. I mean, I, I follow a lot of lacrosse, I guess I'm part of the media, not, not any, not in any sort of official way, but, but I watch a lot of lacrosse, especially goalies. And it's just like, you know, having not seen the Ivy leagues for two full years, you just forget about it. I mean, it's just kind of natural human instinct. Like when you haven't seen something, it's not top of mind. And now all of a yeah. sudden, like the Ivy leagues, I mean, there's amazing competition and some great games and it's it's I'm glad I'm so glad they're back yeah I mean it's going to be an absolute gauntlet going in uh going yeah, there. right every uh, we're the team that every single week we play will be a ranked opponent in, in league and then we're the one team receiving votes on the outside but um you know yeah well, let's go run the gauntlet baby run the gauntlet yeah uh when was the last time Dartmouth made the 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 tournament the final tournament. I don't know. Not yeah. since I've been. Um, it's been a while. I had an old Dartmouth goalie on the, on the podcast and, and he made the tournament. Um, Goldstein. Goldstein, what's his first name? Shoot. That was mid 2000s. Yeah, 2003, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Goldstein. Andrew Goldstein. He's an awesome guy. Um, anyway, okay. So um, big game coming up this weekend, right? It's the start of Ivy League play. You're going to Cambridge, Mass. Is that, I don't even have no idea. Is that close to Boston? It's, is it like a homecoming type of scenario? Yeah, it is. Um, it, I grew up 15 minutes from, from Harvard. Um, so it, it's definitely homecoming for me. I have a lot of friends and family coming. Um, the venue is going to be awesome. I'm super excited. Uh, I think the big thing for our team is to, to get, get pumped up for the game, but also recognize that, it's another game. We just played at Ohio state in the horseshoe. And that was also a really cool experience. Um, and we came out ready to go, but um, I think in the second half, we let it slip from us a little bit, maybe due to the fact that um, we weren't totally used to the, to being in that type of situation. So just, just recognizing it's another game. Um, first Ivy league game, super excited, but um, kind of treating it the same way we do all the others is, is uh, kind of our process. Yeah. When you say 
being in that situation? You mean like like playing in such an iconic stadium and kind of like the big game atmosphere? Yeah, I think that was part of it. Um, we came out firing it, and uh, I think everyone wanted to win so bad they were trying to make plays on their own and, and got away from kind of the team ball concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgot kind of little things on defense. I was, um, you know, certain things in net. But, yeah, I mean, the desire to win certainly there. And sometimes in the big moments, um, it, it, it's maybe even a little too much. So you're, you're moving away from team concepts. Not saying that's what's going to happen. Or I'm not saying that's what's happened on Tuesday. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're ready to go for Saturday. That's for sure. Love it. That's what I love to hear. Um, what do you do like when you go through a cold streak? I mean, or a slump. I'm sure. I'm sure it's happened in your career. It kind of happens to all goalies. I yep. had one guy on. He's like, "Yeah, it happens to me three times a game." <laughs> but what do you what do you do uh, in those moments to get out of it? Yeah. yeah uh, I'm a type of goalie who who kind of fiddles with things a lot. I know certain goalies, you know, will go four years without changing a single thing in their stance and how they play. But I'm always kind of changing things, no matter if I'm playing well or, or poorly. Um, so maybe that's if I'm in a cold streak, I'll drop my hands an inch and just see if that feels a little bit more comfortable, opens up something in my stance. Maybe I'll stand a little bit taller. Maybe I'll sit a little bit lower. Um, but yeah, I think being being adaptable in net um certainly helps with kind of getting out of slumps because you can get that confidence back you're thinking oh okay maybe maybe i'm a little bit more comfortable in this position and then that confidence comes back and then the saves follow naturally yeah yeah i love that i love that as well i i preach that quite a bit and it's it's one of those things too where it can help restore confidence in the sense that if you lower your hands Right. And you're like, um, that doesn't feel right. I'm not making as many saves. Like now, you know, with more certainty that like, all right, this is where my hands need to be for me to be the best goalie I can be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, what else have you tinkered with? I imagine being like six foot five, like there's like, you gotta be in a a sort of a deep squat. Right. I mean, you don't have to, but like, in order to sort of get your center of mass, like at the center of the goal, like you got to come down a little bit. Yeah. Um, a game my sophomore year against UMass Lowell, um, I'd say it was a pretty good example of this. I started off the game in a, you know, somewhat deep squat and they were stinging them high on me. So I, I made an adjustment mid game. I think they scored the first three shots on high. And so I, I got out of the squat a little bit. I was standing a little bit taller, sitting a little bit higher um and then our defense started to click and we we blanked them for for three quarters so just being able to change yourself as a goalie you know the scout might say one thing and then you're able to just totally change that mid-game I I think can mess with shooters heads um and uh you know that's another thing I pride myself on is is kind of being able to adapt mid-game make in-game kind of corrections when needed um not saying I'm always doing that because if you're playing well you kind of want to stick to what you got but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just, just fighting and do whatever it takes at the end of the day. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Um, for those that have never been to uh, the Dartmouth campus and the city it is new over uh, Hanover, New Hampshire. What's yep. that? What's that like? It's a small town. Um, I think it's, it's a typical New England town. It's, there's a lot of skiing in the area. 
um, a lot of nature, people going on hikes all the time. Um, there's not much of a town in Hanover. It's pretty much just the college and then kind of one main street with shops on it. Um, but it's beautiful. It's an awesome campus. Um, love to go rollerblading around it, get outside and, and kind of feel the fresh air. But yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, I watched the uh, I watched that Vermont game. I, I did a save edit of that one, um, and there's like 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 a trees all all in there. Like a, like you guys looks looks like you're in the forest. Yeah, um, yeah. The backdrop of the Appalachian Trail is uh, is certainly unique to Dartmouth. We love it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, well, cool. Any other good Dartmouth team stories I need to hear about? Man. Uh... Keeping it PG, I don't know. Not, nothing up the top of my head, but uh, yeah, we yeah, had a great definitely, definitely keep it PG. Yeah, great group of guys. Um, year in, year out, I think we have a great culture. Um, just guys looking out for each other is is kind of the big thing here. Cool. What is, What is your? Um, you got like a specific pregame ritual that you always go through? Yeah. Um, nothing too much. Before, you know, in the hour leading up. To the game my big thing is i try to stay relaxed um you know whatever that means and then probably five minutes before the game i'll try to get amped up a little bit um and you know get the adrenaline going kind of you know exploding across the net doing whatever it takes to you know take a shot you know whether it's in the stick or off the body um i'd say my one kind of pre-game tradition ritual is you know when the goalies do the handshake down the chute and then run into the cage oh yeah i i run down do a little bottle flip into the net see if i can land it up uh flat i'm yet to get that so one the day i land it i think it's gonna be a pretty good day for me so we'll see <laughs> i love it you're like i landed it here we go baby here we go <laughs> might as well call the game right yeah 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 guys chalk chalk me up with 21 saves right now um <laughs> I, I, already, I already know it's coming. Uh, what is your season? What is your game high record? Do you know? Uh, I think it was the 20 at, uh, against Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great game. Uh, I'll link up to that save edit when this comes out. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. Well, cool, Danny. Good luck. Um, man, you guys are going to start running the gauntlet on Saturday. You got, I got the schedule here. You got Harvard top 20 team Cornell and then Stony Brook. That's kind of a weird game, huh? Th thrown in there. Yeah, just a little Tuesday game. We were going to scrimmage them this fall, uh, and that fell through, so we, we made it up in the spring. We're, we're excited for that one. Yeah, yeah. Then Yale, then Princeton, Penn, Brown, all great teams. So, like like you yeah. said, man, run, running the gauntlet. I love it. Um, quick question, stick setup. What do, you, what do you go with on the stick? Yeah, I run the, uh, the SDX Shield, which I don't even think they make anymore. Uh, I was asking one of my assistant coaches who's in charge of uh, equipment if I could get any of those. And he said, yeah, if you can find me one. And so I, I did some research and um, somehow found one online. But uh, and then I used 12 diamond mesh. I think it's East Coast eyes um, with a warrior shaft. Um, our team sponsored by warrior. So I just try to get whatever the lightest shaft is. Awesome. How does that work with the head? Like it, you're sponsored by Warrior, but you don't have to use their gear if you don't want to. So, you know, goalies and face-off guys have, have, have an exemption um, because there's a limited selection there. I don't want to get in trouble with Warrior, but. Um, yeah, no, Warrior is great. They're sponsoring uh, an upcoming event I'm doing. So uh, yeah, I, lo I love those guys. 
it's uh i've always used a shield my entire life so i didn't didn't feel the need to change it when i got to college yeah what do you like about the shield um i I like the way it it uh sits in your hand kind of just the feel with that like little throat it has Uh um and wrapped around it pretty good and get good control of the stick it i think Interesting. I've never used the shield. Um, does it have the same like throat setup as the Eclipse 2 or is it like a different? I don't it's know pretty similar. Um, okay. It's a little bit uh, more narrow, I'd say. It, and it's a little bit thinner of a head and a little bit taller. It's kind of like the uh, the goalie stick over your top left shoulder, a little bigger, but um, yeah. The big nasty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Someone's got to bring, oh, it's, it's illegal now, but I remember when that thing came out and people were just like, are those, are those wings? What, what is, what is going on with that? You've seen that head. Yeah. I don't think so. All right. Hang on a second. Oh yeah. So it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a, I mean, just a collector's item at this point, but like warrior came out with this head in 2000, I'm going to say 2002. And like, it has, has fins on it. Like there's little, in the lower left, lower right, there's like a little piece of plastic, which not durable at all. It would probably take like one, two shots and this thing would break off. But uh, I don't know, interesting concept. And I like how Warrior's kind of pushing the edge of what you, know, what you can do lacrosse-wise. And also is one of the first ones too to have that grippable throat. Like this is a real nice, it's not as thin as what we were just talking about, but I mean, for coming out in the 2000s it's it's a real nice it's really nice and you can kind of go up here if you want or you can go here i always yeah. set up touching the plastic that was just my style but it sounds like you like to actually grip it and get your hand as close to the head as possible yeah i like to get it right up there up to the top love it love it um danny like i said good hang on with that stick down uh good luck in the upcoming season if you had to leave the goalies out there with uh, one final piece of advice what would that be um yeah just whatever it takes um kind of be a great leader in cage um have the keep the uh the defenseman in front of you really trust you um you know with your communication with your leadership and uh, i think everything else will follow love it thank you so much thanks coach so there you have it hope you enjoyed that episode that was dartmouth senior danny hinks interesting to see if he's going to play another year. Remember, the Ivy League does not allow grad student athletes, which is weird. I wonder why they don't do that. I don't know. Probably something to do with tradition, but they do not allow grad student athletes. So if you wanted to, uh, all of these guys have an extra year of eligibility because of the COVID year, and many have another year on top of that. So if you wanted to continue to play lacrosse, you have to transfer. So it will be interesting to see where Danny ends up next year. I have an idea, but I don't want to say it. We'll see. We will see. I hope you enjoyed that episode. National Championship just happened yesterday for the men's game. Wow. What a performance from the goalie, from Maryland goalie, Logan McNaney, you know? Most outstanding player of the tournament. Awesome, awesome stuff. As I said, that'll do it. We'll be back shortly with another episode. In the meantime, get out there. Get some work in, do well, and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.